Frank. It's time for another AI-driven merch conflict. You ready, buddy? Uh, I am so ready. Is everyone else ready? I, I hear there might be a little bit of AI overload. I, I saw someone on Twitter today or yesterday say, uh, can we not talk about AI for a while? But no, James, we are going to talk about AI. That's right. We're going to stay on this bubble. I love this bubble. I was back last weekend. We had a long weekend and I was doing some video gaming, playing some Zelda and I went on Twitch and I had like, you know, six people because I was like, I'm going to go back on Twitch. But I'm just going to play video games. And I was playing Zelda and one of the one of the folks came on. They're like, hey, like, you know, like the podcast, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, it's cool. They're like, when are you, when are you going to talk about uh, chat or when are you going to do a video or deep dive on using chat GPT? And I was like, well, I just think about chat GPT. I just feel like everybody's talking about ChatGPT. What kind of value can I add into the discussion about ChatGPT? I feel like I could do something cool, something witty, but like, you know, it's 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 at that peak. And by the time this podcast comes out, it maybe the bubble have already burst. It's over, Frank. It's like it's been two weeks. <laughs> We're on to something else. Uh, Dolly five, whatever it is. I don't know. You know, but I, I'm no. with you. I think that it's everywhere. It's been everywhere. I'm starting to hear a little bit less about it. But I am starting to see more development stuff come about and controversy around development stuff that we're not going to talk about here because I think some of that controversy will go away as the companies start to democratize, <laughs> Frank, AI um, and actually let people use these APIs as developers, specifically not only um, OpenAI, but perhaps the cloud and Azure open API service, which just expanded to include ChatGPT. Oh, that's why we're talking about because Azure got it. I see what's going on here. Microsoft plug, Microsoft plug. Now, this is actually important. And I, I completely roll my eyes at the word democratize here because I was joking with you earlier. I'm like, isn't that just a funny word for sell? Don't they just mean sell it? But um, I was thinking about it. Um, and it, it is more complicated than that because I love running neural networks on my own hardware. I love squeezing them down to be able to fit on the phone, running them on the phone. But these networks are huge. <laughs> you just, you can't run them on your machine. You know, if, if you've run Stable Diffusion, maybe if you have like a cool M2 iMac or something, but it still takes like 10 seconds or something to generate an image um, versus big servers. And then when it comes to something like ChatGPT, you just can't run that on device. It's just too big. You don't have the memory for it, let alone the computer for it. So democratize in this case actually does apply because developers, us, you and me, James, we are going to add all of the language modeling junk to our apps. I don't know how, but we're going to do it, right? <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of opportunity here. And you know, I, I I believe that as time goes on, many developers will build SDKs on top of it that will help sort of democratize it more. But I would say integrate more. Like ideally, these breakthroughs and 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 these services will help developers integrate services more. And I'm actually really surprised um, on this blog post. I'll put a link into the into the show notes, which is now announcing the general availability of the Azure OpenAI service, which does a whole bunch of different things, but it has this timeline from 2016 of all of the different AI breakthroughs that Microsoft done. Again, I work for Microsoft, not on this team, nor am I 
are they endorsing this podcast at all? <laughs> I literally saw somebody on Twitter tweet, or I saw oh, who somebody Satya tweet this thing. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. We should talk about it because I was recently listening to the tech meme ride home talking about the history of open AI and additionally the Microsoft sort of collaboration there, which goes back all the way to 2019. And they were also talking about the Turing NLG language uh, that Microsoft was developing internal, um, that this model with you know 17 billion different parameters they were using, like with Office and whatnot, is what they were saying on TechMeme. But then sort of this um, partnership with OpenAI um, on this you know, AI outlook and enablement brought in many other services. So actually last year, I didn't even know about this. This is in November of sorry, two years ago, they announced the OpenAI service. And then a bunch of stuff happened, like for example, like Copilot launched and then a bunch of you know other services like Outlook, like integrated like different AI services. But then um, last year in May, they integrated um, new models with new responsible AI systems. And then in October, we were talking about it a bunch, and I don't know how we missed this, but Dolly 2 was integrated into the Azure OpenAI service uh, and a bunch of those other um, apps that Microsoft announced. I didn't. I missed that this was a service that we could take advantage of, Frank. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Um, you have to apply for the oh, Dolly yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me add a tiny bit of structure because I'm, I'm like going through the news myself and I'm trying to make sense of it. So I think um, a few big things happened. On the money side, Microsoft invested a bunch of money into open AI and that's good. Whatever. I don't understand how they make money other than they have these APIs and I pay them for it. I guess that's how they make money. <laughs> so, but they're still taking money from Microsoft. I don't know. So there's money news there. I don't have too many opinions on that. But what I personally saw, the first news I saw was that OpenAI themselves were going to open um, an API to ChatGPT. Because up till now, ChatGPT has just been a website that you have to go log into, get an account. You were complaining a lot about the account that you had to create to access it. And then, um, I mean, but it was so popular, so I mean, so popular that we're still talking about it. And people did some unscrupulous things, like people released apps that were just browsers wrapping the ChatGPT site and selling it as ChatGPT. Mm. Yeah, and I'm angry and jealous at those people because okay it's a scam but man they must have made a lot of money because it was yeah. so popular okay i'm not gonna be jealous of scam people but mm. <laughs> but now we as real developers i was excited because if open ai offers an api then yeah we can start building proper apps like that without being scammy and we just have to figure out a good business model and then and then satya puts out this tweet saying like don't forget Azure, yo. We're we're gonna we're gonna come in aggressively on the Azure side, integrate all this stuff into like a bunch of services that you already have. Like I don't know, I run websites through Azure. Of course, I already have services there, and Microsoft's gonna do it. So those were the big news items: money, OpenAI API, and Microsoft API. It's basically all good news for developers because again these models are just too gosh darn big <laughs> to fit on the device and you are going to have to use a service to access them yeah and it's really kind of crazy because to your point that you need really big computers to run these things it's true i mean i think that's when i was listening to tech meme ride home 
they're talking about open API, they basically ran into that issue and they said, well, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to get a lot of cloud credits to be able to run and do the training for these things and actually run these things. And surprisingly, we were talking about hugging face before, along with open AI and meta again, I don't want to just have a big <laughs> yeah. Azure, you know, thing, <laughs> but they use Azure for these things. So it's not like this is a new thing. It's like being used by huge companies all over the globe. And some of the things that you're actually using, which is very fascinating when we think yeah. about what's going to be built on top of this stuff. Yeah. And there's others out there. I, I realized I'm quite in a bubble because the whole image generation community, there's uh, hosting websites popping up all over the place there too. So I, I'm, we're talking right now mostly about ChatGPT, but there's that whole imaging revolution that keeps on going, that hasn't gone away. People are still doing crazy things with image generators. And you're right, it is uh, fun. Uh, Hugging Face has, uh, they call it like the inference API, but they just changed how their pricing model works. But yeah, same difference. You can access their APIs. It's kind of nice. Uh, we have a plethora of APIs to access, James. Uh, should we write a library to access all of these? Or do you think we are in the wild, wild west and we're all just going to be paying Azure in the end? Or <laughs> do you think it'll It'll probably be this way, I, I'm guessing, for at least a few years as we figure out what companies can actually survive and build up data centers and be able to handle all the data. I'm, I'm, Google should have an offering, but I haven't seen much from them. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm really fascinated on how will this roll out. So we have some good friends, uh, such as Miguel de Acaza. Ding. Ding. Oh, ding. <laughs> Uh, they just rolled out, for example, El Copilito, Copilito uh, which is an AI assistant for La Terminal, which is their terminal application, um, which is fascinating. Uh, it'll, they give it the context of like what operating system you're running on and connected to, uh, what distributions you're using, what shell you're using, and it can offer up different you know, opinions and things and recommendations that it can Love do, it. which is I didn't know about that. That's so cool to talk more. No, so is, is that an add-in? Is that a subscription you have to go for? Is, or is he running it on device? That one, it said it's powered by GPT-3. So I don't know necessarily. That's a service. No, you're not running that on device. Yes, <laughs> that's not it, happening. So that's a service. So that must be a service that's out there. However, I don't see any add-ons. They also released, for example, El Pintador, which is their AI art. <laughs> you know, um, generator crafting thing as well. I'm putting all these links for you, by the way, in there. Miguel's up to crazy AI shenanigans, um, which is pretty, pretty fascinating. And that one does have um, subscription. So I don't know if just La Terminal is offering that stuff for free because that's what it's looking like um, in general. So or maybe it just hasn't rolled out yet. No, it's in there. So you could definitely get it. Uh, that That's really, really cool. But that's what it's looking like, at least uh, for, for GPT-3. So again, I'm very, very fascinated as the types of applications and you know and to your point for the the dolly stuff and the art stuff yeah that hasn't gone away at all i've only seen more upon more upon more uh different types of applications come about especially you know everyone was updating their profile photos like you know what a few weeks ago or a month ago or so um and that was a while the real question is when is this going to get to the point where this is you know, reasonably priced. So you don't have to charge people because right now what's happening is everyone's creating apps and then they it's... are charging people 
to do, to do stuff. I just saw a really yeah. cool project. I'm going to throw up different project types, right? These are all great ideas. And I was thinking about this over the weekend. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a YouTube thumbnail generator? Mm-hmm. Just give it what it is. You, you already have the descriptions. They generated a thumbnail for me. And then someone created it. It's like a project. But how it is, it's like, give me five bucks and I'll give you a bunch of thumbnails. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You know, because it costs money to do this thing. So when are we going to get to that point where, you know, this thing scales to, again, democratize integration <laughs> of these amazing services? It's tough because the imaging networks um, can just barely run on hardware on Mm. device. So that's why we've been getting those M1 versions of stable diffusion. And if you fine tune those to a particular application, especially like YouTube thumbnails, then it can do an even better job at the same size. It loses some of its generality, but it becomes more efficient at YouTube thumbnails. (laughs) So I I think we might be able to keep imaging on device for a while. And in that, in that case, you don't have a strong argument for being expensive. Like Hmm. I, I I think the cool thing about uh, an on device imager is you can be, you can just say flat rate, $10 a year, generate as many images as you want. I'm not going to charge you per image. I can flat rate it then. Yeah. But the big networks, the big, big ones like ChatGPT, uh, you just can't do it. Not not yet. I, I do wonder in 10 years, will hardware catch up? Mm-hmm. But I don't think so because we're looking at orders of magnitude difference and those are really hard to catch up with. Um, so I think, I think paying expensive a la carte is in our future. We thought subscriptions were bad. What about a la carte? Every operation you want to take gets a micro charge. It's going to be rough. That, and that's really kind of what I'm seeing in the world of, of AI integrations today is microcharges. You know, hey, you want to do this thing? Give me give me two bucks. Give me that thing here. And I'm curious if, again, at scale and, and as time goes on, if, if that just becomes a smaller amount of money. Because, you know, when you think about it, you know, if you think about anything, and I don't want to just bag on, on AI here, but when you think about, oh, I'm creating, I'm calling RESTful services. I'm doing database access. Bandwidth is being processed. That stuff used to be more expensive, and now it is not very expensive. Yeah. And as cool as it is that OpenAI has an API and Microsoft has an API, I think OpenAI uses Azure anyway. So, and as much as I love those two companies, I would like to see Google come in here and make make sure that there is some competition to keep prices in order. Because right now, only one company has chat GPT and there's really nothing as good as it out there. I think in a year we're going to have a million chat GPTs because people have f- figured out the algorithm. They'll f- raise the capital it'll take to train it and they'll get them trained and then they can start offering their own services. So I think we will see an explosion of companies, but right now um, developers and therefore users are kind of at the mercy of cloud services yeah do you feel like that when is the time for us to actually i mean we have to get access to it but let's say things are available like you know i'm not a a you know when i think about democratizing things like when i look at probably what's available for these there might be a rest service might be a python library like are we at the point where at this point you're feeling like hey like I, anyone should be able to use this or is it still like, no, you really got to 
you got to really have deep underlying AI, ML, machine, you know, model ah. building knowledge. Oh, are, uh, okay. Well, there's a lot of ways to jump into this world. You can jump in low level, medium level, high level. I think what we're seeing is the explosion of the high level. Mm. Uh, we're getting simple enough UIs that everyone can take advantage of them. It's funny. I wasn't expecting your question to go that direction because I was applying for the Azure <laughs> service. And it, it's it's uh, by, by permission only right now, everyone. You have to apply. And they were very particular about... Um, your exact app, hmm. what you were going to do with it, uh, whether users were authenticated, uh, what safeties you're going to put in for bad inputs, bad outputs even. You should guard against those too. Uh, I'm forgetting, but a million other things that honestly I've never thought of. And I get where they're coming from. They're trying to be responsible AI people, but I I guess I'm a little bit of a chaos monkey myself. Uh, um, I, these networks are what they are. I feel like for a real creative explosion, we should just kind of open them up and let people do everything. But at the same time, I do recognize that society might collapse if we do that. <laughs> so it's a real, it's a real moral dilemma that we're being presented with. So I want to ask you something here you kind of mentioned it earlier when we talk about running these models there's there's two sides to the coin of ai and machine learning which is the training and then the like requests yeah. that go into the model now the if you look at dolly and the the um the image generation stuff that's happening um stable diffusion you're saying that 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 stuff can be run on device but all the training that can never basically be done. That's going to always have to have some large cloud infrastructure, correct? Like when does, when, and then when does the usage pattern flip as far as what's possible to do on device versus not on mm -hmm. device? Uh, it, it's the size of the model and how much memory it takes up is pretty much the current limiting factor. Mm. Uh, people can be patient. You can put a progress bar up and be like, come back in 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really the memory is the limitation. Um, I think that, like I said, we're in an okay place right now where we can run these networks. I, <laughs> I'm just always afraid that the, the goal of AI is the bigger you make the network, the better it is. So it's going to also be tracking our standards of quality. So I have plenty of networks that can run on device, generate images, it can even generate 3D models but it's not nearly as sophisticated or detailed as Dolly and things like that because it's just not big enough. In general, um, training, depending on how you do it, but roughly speaking, takes three times the memory and mm. maybe even double the compute. Roughly speaking, three times the memory, double the compute. That doesn't make sense. Shouldn't it be twice the memory and double the compute? Whatever. Um, rough numbers, everyone. <laughs> and so you can definitely do training on the phone. In fact, um, I, I was making a scanning app. So you take LiDAR images from your phone, and then it merges them together into a 3D model. And that involved training a neural network on the phone. Mm. And so it really depends. If you have these... There's still this machine learning thing out there where machine learning is a general algorithm for if I have a lot of data and some solutions to the problem, please 
um, interpolate and extrapolate information from that. And then there's this whole general AI kind of revolution going on right now where we have these huge models that are able to do sophisticated tasks in many domains using natural language. And those get big. So there's small models <laughs> that can definitely be used for a lot of useful things. But then obviously the big trajectory is toward these giant models that try to do everything all at once. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, and as we go on, the models are only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger at this point. They're not going to go backwards in time. No, and and devices will get faster and faster. They keep adding neural cores to phones, and they keep adding GPUs to phones, and they keep improving their software and the capabilities of those neural cores, and so those get faster and faster too. Um, but like all things mobile, um, there's just going to be orders of magnitude difference. There's an order of magnitude difference, or two, one or two, between your phone and your desktop computer and then there's another one or two between you and the server out there running it because they're running on dedicated hardware neural engines made by google and microsoft and all that stuff <laughs> let me ask you another question here frank let's get down let's get down to it are you scared okay. at all i i'm a bit of a chaos i think we can handle it i think the world is full of bad people sure but i think the majority of us are good people and scams will arrive and we'll have to learn about new scams i think the news cycle will be even more complicated i think that the networks <laughs> i think that we are going to need networks to kind of just proof check things <laughs> I, I want the chrome extension that reads whatever i'm reading and says like i believe that i believe that that seems sus that seems truthful. That seems sus. I think we're all going to have to get a little bit smarter as a community. Hmm. But so is, is that fear? Am I scared? No. Am I apprehensive? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to change the word on you. <laughs> yeah. but it, it's it's the, ge the genie is out of the bottle. It is. It, it is. We can try to control it, but eventually the genie is going to win. Yeah. Uh, Ather and I were talking a lot about this. Surprisingly, I not only talk about AI just with you, Frank, but uh, Heather brought mm -hmm. it up because she was talking about ChatGPT. We're talking about this stuff. This was last week after we recorded last week's podcast. And then she was talking about those same things, like the complexity, because I was listening to a Tech Meme ride, ride Home and there's the volley stuff. Do we talk about that? The voice stuff? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, this isn't that Whisper network. That, that thing's making waves too. It, I don't know what you're talking about. Volley is like basically you can give anything text and it will do a human. You can, I think we did talk about it. You can give like, they could get feed at this podcast and it will generate real to life forms of you and me. If we feed it text, it'll read it back. Right. And awesome. On the tech meme <laughs> ride home, he did some experiments with it that had the AI read back articles and read ad spots and things like that. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, uh, Syncfusion, syncfusion.com forward slash emerging conflict for all your good controls, things that you need, not sponsoring this podcast episode specifically, but we love them. Why not? And so that That'd was kind of cool. And uh, I, and then I was talking that with Heather. And then I also, I think it was CNET. I want to say CNET has actually been doing AI generated articles and they, they've been edited, of course, like with by editors, but um, it's under, it's, it's under a whole different, like team person name or whatever, and you click on it and it gives you details. They've been generating articles for a long time. 
and then we were talking about the image stuff and, you know, these, these things all multiply. So it's, it's kind of like when I say, you know, are we worried or we scared or whatever, like what's the next level here is I think we've always seen like small inclinations of, oh, okay, this little thing over here is cute. This little thing's over here, cute. This little thing's over here, cute. But then combining them all together, yeah. there's a lot of advancements in a lot of different areas all happening really quick all at the same time. Multimedia. But we're, we've, we're, we've gotten through a lot of the medias. We're doing audio, voice. We've kind of figured out music. Don't mm-hmm. tell the musicians. They hate hearing that, but <laughs> music's pretty simple. Um, <laughs> video is still on the horizon. If you think generating images is expensive, imagine generating video. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's... And even that one, like, you could be patient. You could wait for the frames to render, but it's still going to take time. What are the other medias left? Text. Do you think text will really survive? I think the big revolution is going to be video when yeah. it comes out. That'll be the big one. Where these these all feel like a little bit of precursors to video. I'm a little jealous about that voice synthesizer. The app I've always wanted to write was Twitter, but it read everyone's tweets in their own voice. I just mm. thought it would be fun. Like an That'd all, be cool. Kind of, automatic podcast thing maybe i should look into it why not um i have to make it for mastodon now too that's why that's it's, it's too complicated i i i think we're just gonna keep on going with the medias until they're all combined have you so have you played with chat gpt I'm, i feel like i ask you this question every week now I did. Um, I did play around with it. I think we did it on one of our Patreon episodes a week or two ago, yeah. or maybe we did a live on here. It's, every time's a blur, basically, for this podcast. Yeah. We apologize, all of our listeners. But yeah, no, I did play around with it. I was talking about coffee roasting with it and going back and forth and having a conversation about where it found it from and this and why I recommend this versus that. And you know, what's really funny about that conversation is I had a conversation with John on my team today about coffee roasting. And his responses of how he roast coffee were nearly identical to what chat GPT was talking about how to <laughs> roast coffee as well. I was like, Oh, that's really fascinating. Um, that the responses were so similar to what John was talking about today and why he roasts in a certain way and all these other things like that. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So good. You've gotten to play around. That's funny. Cause that must just mean like the internet. That's the internet's agreed way to roast coffee. I guess mm-hmm. I still don't fully understand what the training data set was. I'm sure it's published somewhere. Uh, I was asking the question because you often run into this, uh, edge case with it where it says, hi, uh, I was trained on a fixed set of data. I cannot make queries to the internet to look up, uh, current information. And you'll you'll run into that edge case anytime you ask it for something vaguely current or something like that, like whatever happened in the news yesterday or something like that. But that's a kind of a big tell on their side, as in, can we hook it up to the Internet? Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. Can it can the network Google read the article and then summarize it for you and give you an answer back? Is that weird? Is that good? Am I afraid of that? You know, I actually, I'm less afraid of that than all the fake news articles that can be generated, I suppose. Yeah. It, you know, the, the conundrum here, when I look at it is not even conundrum, but I think the evolution that we'll see is I, I hearken back to early days of, um, um, South park, for example, the show South park and comedy central, which I, I used to watch a lot of, I don't watch South park anymore. Haven't in a long mm-hmm. time. But 
uh, as a kid growing up, you know, South Park was very popular and it was all sort of this cutout animation. It would take them forever to create. And then what happened is as they advance into computer generated graphics and, and like having all these things stored and like streamlining the process, they're able to pump out episodes, you know, nearly in a, in a week or two weeks or whatever. So they could, they could talk about the, um, the news and, and basically do an episode on the news in near real time, right? The advantage of the news, you know, the nightly news or whatever you're watching is like, it's in real time. It can respond almost as fast as the news is happening, but unless it's on a schedule, it's breaking news. You know, you think something like a show, you're talking about video creation, all this other stuff creation is like, can the thing get so good where literally the inputs is the news and all the other episodes of South Park and the output is an episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> like almost in real time, like the news is happening and like here is something, some event that loads it in and it has all the voices and has all the things like, you know, boom. Love it. Love Wild. It. So instead of reading all the tweets and people's voices, you just want the South Park characters to act it out or something like that. I don't know. Act out Twitter. <laughs> act out Twitter. But it would, it would have a whole story arc or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, that's I, why I think it's really crazy because it's like, you know, how does this all come about? So how does it happen? I, I'm excited. I think there are a lot of creative opportunities like that. Um, maybe maybe not so much IP <laughs> invasive ones that you're going to get sued with. But um, for example, I used old GPT, and that's what I'm calling it now because chat GPT is so much better. I used old GPT to generate that uh, reaction video script for the mm. movie. Uh, the the um, Whatever. I made a reaction script out of it. And I forget, I think maybe something like a hundred reactions and it cost me $10, but I was able to do it. I was able to use an API, work on this silly project of mine, this silly idea that I had, um, code, code things, access this powerful network and generate stuff. I'm excited to be able to do that with an even more powerful network. I think ChatGPT is even better than GPT, and it's going to be really exciting to have that power. I'm curious how much money I'm going to spend mm -hmm. as I <laughs> play around with just random scripts and everything. But um, I, I guess getting all the way back around to it, they have democratized it because now we can work on all these silly art projects with it. Uh, assuming you can get past the form <laughs> that yeah. seems very hard to fill out everyone. You better have a good idea and pitch it well in your form. <laughs> That's my so, only recommendation. <laughs> once Frank comes up with the idea, gets approved, we will report back on Frank's usage yeah. of the open AI service. <laughs> well, also going back to what you were saying, um, big network versus small network. Uh, I've been wanting to upgrade the AI ML stuff and continuous code completion. For a long time. Mm. And I had trained up some new networks that were way better than the code completion I have in there now. But now that these bigger networks will have API access, I'm like, do I just scrap my work, James, and put in a service, you know, have mm. Copilot, Codex, whatever, ChatGPT, all those things in the app instead of my own? It's tricky. Going to have to make those kinds of decisions in the future now, but it's good that I'm able to make those decisions. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh my goodness. So your excitement is high is what I'm hearing. Very, very. 
Uh, I'm I'm annoyed. I don't like their UI to chat GPT mostly. (laughs) I don't think they allow it, but I would really like to just release an app that's just a better UI to the stupid thing. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I still don't know if I have a use case for it, but what I am liking out of Miguel and and uh, team of Miguel is uh, this small integrations. It kind of makes me like I'm, I'm interested to see like what other developers start integrating into apps and like what potentially I could integrate into apps in some way and um, how that would work. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry, we forgot to mention one other big thing. Um, mm. And it just kind of occurred to me and I'm excited by it. And so I just want to toss it out there. There is absolutely nothing stopping for Apple from putting one of these large networks on the device and allowing all apps to access it. Oh. They've already they already have a bunch of networks on device that you can use APIs to access uh, Android. It's the same, I, I assume. <laughs> I'm making yeah. that up. I assume Android's the same. <laughs> yeah, um, so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe Dub uh, Dub 2023, maybe they'll announce something competitive with GPTs or whatever on an Apple device. So is it every time we get a new device or operating system and like the usage by the operating system is just like always bigger every single time. Is that because there's new machine learning models that are just like taking up tons of room on our device? I am curious. So you can get apps that all crack open uh, one of the OS releases and you can, the models are pretty obvious. They're all like ML model or whatever format. They're, they're pretty obvious. They're pretty big too. <laughs> they're there. But I think um, Apple's moving to, it downloads the model on demand hmm. also. Got it. And, and that's, and <clears throat> sorry, again, chat GPT is probably way too big to fit on device, but maybe WWDC 30, <laughs> 2030, <laughs> it'll be yeah. on device. <laughs> Slow, but sure. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll have like terabytes, you know, 5 billion terabytes of storage by default. So that'd be nice. And flying cars. Boom. I like it. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to talk about on this thing? I don't even know what we talked about. Just stuff. Democratizing. <laughs> Hey, hi, man. That's what we talked about. I think we talked about it. Yeah, we totally. Yeah, we did. AI, you've been democratized <laughs> with money. Yeah, <laughs> how you solve all problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, someone's got to run the thing. All right. Well, I think I guess it's going to do it. Let us know what you think. If anyone got into the OpenAI service uh, program, let us know. Reach out to us, MergeConflict.fm. We'd love to know. Um, or if you have a great idea, you don't have to tell us. If you tell us, we won't tell anybody else. We promise. Right into the show. That'd be pretty fun. And love to hear what y'all are working on. If you're doing it with Chevy GPT or Dolly or other things like that, write in. Let us know what you built. Or if you already shipped stuff, let us know too. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. That'd be fun. Listeners building cool AI stuff. Let us know. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's Merch Conflict, I guess. I guess that's it. So till then, I'm James Montemagno. <laughs> and I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.